Hey, Emily, guess what I'm looking forward to? If I had to guess, I'd say your next meal. Well, true that. But even more than that, I'm looking forward to our annual Being Boss vacation in New Orleans. Same. We still have a handful of tickets left. So if you've been wanting to join us on our annual Being Boss vacation in New Orleans, consider this your sign to join us for a live podcast recording, masterclasses and workshops, and an epic boss celebration, and more with me, Kathleen, and your creative peers from all over the world. In the most magical city in the world, right? Yes. All right, the Being Boss Vacation is happening September 26th to the 28th in New Orleans. Go to beingboss.club slash NOLA for all the details. We hope to see you there. Hello and welcome to Being Boss, a podcast for creative entrepreneurs. I'm Emily Thompson. And I'm Kathleen Shannon. What's up, bosses? Today, it is just me and Emily, and we are talking all about communication and collaboration. As always, you can find all the tools, books, and links we reference on the show notes at www.beingboss.club. Hey there, bosses. We know you're getting a lot of stuff done. You're checking off those to-dos and wearing a lot of hats in your creative business. But just because you can do it all doesn't mean you should. Take accounting. You know it's an essential part of your business, but becoming a self-taught accountant is only going to distract you from what you really want to be doing all day. FreshBooks Cloud Accounting will allow you to save your time and energy on administrative tasks by making keeping track of your books ridiculously easy. FreshBooks keeps your money organized with easy-to-use features like invoicing, time tracking, creating estimates, tracking expenses, late payment reminders, project collaboration, online payments, and so much more. So whether your creative career is still a side hustle or you're fully supporting yourself with your entrepreneurial endeavors, FreshBooks makes being boss a whole lot easier. Get a free 30-day trial of FreshBooks right now. Go to freshbooks.com slash being boss and enter being boss in the how did you hear about us section. Kathleen, I'm super excited to talk about this with you today. Me too. I think that so many people are impressed by our partnership. And especially after writing the book, we've been getting so many questions about how it is that we work together and how we collaborate. And I'm also realizing that it's kind of rare. Like we've got a good thing going. And it's so routine for us by now that it can really be hard to even pinpoint why and how we work so well together. So today I want to spend some time with you unpacking it all by talking about communication and collaboration. Yeah, we have definitely been doing this for a couple of years now. I guess at the time of recording this, we have been official business slash podcast partners for three and a half years. Yeah, that's a hot minute. Congratulations, (laughs) Kathleen. Right? So this, um, we'll be using our experience here to talk about all of this, but this can absolutely also apply to all kinds of relationships from your friendships or romantic relationships, your business partners or just collaborators, the team you work with, or anyone else that you want to make stuff with. So let's dive in. Yes, I've used so much of what we've learned even to 
you know, collaborate with my friends over at ShopGood if we're working on a project together or anyone, you know, even like planning out our book tour, the way that we communicate expectations with the people who are helping us host it. These are tools that you can use with anyone that are going to make you a better communicator and a better collaborator. So starting from the beginning, I remember one of the first conversations that we had I mean, whenever it came to partnering up on a podcast was our strengths and our weaknesses. But this has been an ongoing conversation that we've had as business besties running our own businesses. And it's a conversation I've been having with my sister since I started working with her even before Braid Creative, like whenever I was working at an advertising agency as a senior art director. So this is an ongoing conversation and it's all about your strengths and weaknesses. So one of my favorite ways to frame up what your strengths and weaknesses are is to think about what it is that you want to be doing all day. I think that this is so important, especially for people who might even be side hustling right now and are a little vague because all they want to do is just get out of their day job. And they're like, I just want to be creative. Okay, but what does that mean? Because the idea of being creative all day versus literally whenever you imagine opening up your laptop or working with your hands, what is it that you are typing? What is it that you are making? Who is it that you're talking to? Maybe you're dreaming about having coffee conversations at a coffee shop. What coffee shop is it? Who are you talking to? What are you talking about? I think the more specific that you can get about what it is that you want to be doing all day, the more you're going to be able to pinpoint your strengths and what you want to be doing and your weaknesses, like what you don't want to be doing. Right. And your weaknesses also being the kinds of things that you need someone to fulfill for you, which is why this is so important. I can only imagine what it would have been like if you and I had showed up to do a podcast together and we both shared all the same strengths and weaknesses. Like not a whole lot would have gotten done, only about half of it probably. And there probably would have been a lot of butting heads along the way. So us both being clear on what it is that we were good at, And what it is that we weren't so great at allowed us to see if a partnership was even possible. Yeah, and specifically thinking about our podcast, it's so funny because at the beginning of it, and it's a non-issue now, but at the beginning of our episodes, I remember a lot of people saying that maybe I was asking more questions to our guests and doing kind of more of the talking. And on the flip side of that, people being like, well, what does Emily do? And I was like, oh, she's... She's at the front of the boat driving it, and I'm at the back of the boat partying and making it look like a fun time, right? But Emily's making sure we're getting where we need to go. (laughs) For sure. I appreciate that. And But like that's also totally just how we work. And so that's one of those really interesting ways where where we sort of evolved. I remember very early on feeling like I needed to be as vocal in interviews as you were. And it made for an awkward conversation, I think, for everyone. Um, I had to learn that my strength is in summing up what's being said, whereas your strength is in asking really engaging questions. We don't share the same strings. And my weakness is definitely like 
listening and trying to formulate questions at the same time. Like, guys, when I do that, I stress out. I start not listening and it just goes to shit real fast. You just start sweating a lot. (laughs) I do. I do. And then I'm thinking about sweating and not even paying attention to anything. So it's one of those things. That's one of those things in particular where, you know, we didn't know where our strengths and weaknesses lied there. We had to start doing the work to figure it out, but continue to have conversations along the way. Kathleen and I have talked lots of times about how it is that we actually show up for these podcasts. And um, we know how it works. And sometimes listeners get it. Sometimes they don't. Um, either way, the feedback hits where it needs to because Kathleen and I know where we both stand. Yeah. And I think confidence in strengths and weaknesses makes you a better boss. It makes you a better leader within your business and it makes you a better partner. And so I think a big part of it, I really felt like I leveled up whenever I was no longer ashamed of my weaknesses. And I think some of this comes with being a people pleaser and being um, the kind of boss who wants to be good at all of the things. So I went into my career just wanting to be the best graphic designer, right? Like that's really what I wanted to do. But I was working under my big sister who before we owned Braid together was my creative director. And she was really good at copywriting. She was good at writing for our clients and I was good at designing for them. But I remember that she wanted to raise me to be a triple threat. Like she wanted me to be a writer, a designer, and a presenter, all of the things. And I know that I have it in me. I mean, come on, we wrote a book. We present all the time. We talk all the time. And I think I'm good at a lot of different things. But this even extends to people asking me to do things like design websites or the earliest back I can remember this is I was working at Hancock Fabrics and this woman came in and she was like, could you all also interior decorate my entire house? And we were like, yeah, sure, and didn't get paid for it. But like, I was just such a yes person for so long, saying yes to everything that I was really ashamed whenever I didn't like doing something or whenever I just wasn't good at it. But what I've learned with maturity in my career and age is that I don't have to be good at everything. And whenever I can really identify what my weaknesses are and stop doing those things, I can double down on what my strengths are. Right. And I think that I think that you started to hit on something there that is super important with this confidence piece. Whenever you have confidence, that usually comes from your strengths. And that sort of thing just snowballs into so much more awesomeness. And so if you're focusing on those strengths that bring you confidence, you're able to create more, you're able to feel better about what it is that you're creating, all of these things. Whereas if you're consistently stepping back into those weaknesses for whatever reason, whether it's a unwillingness to delegate or this feeling like you have to be doing it or that you need to figure it out or whatever it may be, you're not playing to your fullest potential, I think. You know, at the same time, I really do appreciate someone who is willing to figure it out as they go. And I feel like you and I are both good at trying a lot of different things to see what our strengths and weaknesses are. So for example, just to like really break this down, the other day I was offering my kiddo some dried seaweed snacks, which are delicious. (laughs) Have you ever had them? Yeah, Lily requests them often. I have to buy them from the grocery store for her. She loves them. Okay, so dried seaweed is one of the best things ever. Mm -hmm. It's so tasty. So I was like, hey, try this. And he goes, I don't like salad. (laughs) And I was like, one, this isn't salad. 
Two, you've never had salad before. Like, I don't know that I've ever fed him lettuce with ranch on it. You know, like, <laughs> that's not a thing. And so there is this thing to, like, I don't want to raise a kid that doesn't like vegetables whenever he grows up. and Or that just comes immediately doesn't things. like something. Yeah, or, like, immediately thinks that he's... And I see this even with some of my older nephews. Like, they imagine that they won't be good at something so they don't try it and they aren't willing to take the practice to get better at something and none of us were good I wasn't good whenever I first started graphic design I haven't listened to our earliest podcast episodes but I probably wasn't good then at podcasting (laughs) I mean we still all have room to grow and evolve so don't don't assume that something is a weakness just because you're not good at it true that True that. Um, True that. (laughs) Next. (laughs) Well, so I guess what I want to say is that sometimes things that you might not be good at. So like, for example, right now I want to start a YouTube channel. I know I keep talking about it, but this is how I. This is how Kathleen does things. She starts starts with talking about it for a year. I true that. Yep. So I start talking about things for a year, but like I'm thinking about this YouTube channel and part of what's holding me back is that I, well, I'm not good at it yet. Well, I don't have to be good at it yet, but what it does is I'm still curious about it and I want to get better. So if you're not good at something yet and it might be a weakness, but you still have that drive to get better, it's probably one day going to be a strength. So I think that that enthusiasm and that willingness to try and and if you enjoy the process of getting better, then it's probably something that's going to go from a weakness to a strength. Yes. But coming back around to a partnership, I knew like going into the podcast, for example, that I did not want to spend any amount of time editing the podcast, even though I could probably figure it out because I'm good at figuring things out. I didn't want to do that. That's a weakness. I can't. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's a far separation from record genius for sure. Um, right. And that was a place where I was able to come in. But, but before we go there, I need to like share something that we say in our house all the time. It may help Fox with his seaweed snacks, but I think also helps any, you know, entrepreneur, business owner, creative who, you know, is looking at the world in front of you and thinking, oh, I got to try new shit. Um, we always say here, especially in regards to food, is you don't have to like it, but you have to try it. That is like my hardcore rule. And I've even had some like other kids come into my house who won't listen to my rule. And those kids are not invited back. Because what kind of person is that? <laughs> Legit. Who is unwilling to try anything. You don't have to like it, but you have to try it. Uh, the thing I always say is just smell it first. <laughs> <laughs> and does that work? Not sure about email marketing? Just smell it first. first. (laughs) Actually, it does work because once he smells something, he can smell how delicious it is. Because isn't it like a certain amount of taste, actual smelling and not tasting? Probably. So I'll say smell it. He'll smell it and then he'll be like, hmm, I do want to try that. There you go. There you go. Well, there goes everyone. Just smell it first. You don't have to like it, but you have to try it. Right. Smell it first. (laughs) So let's go back to this partnership piece, though. (laughs) Because... There is a lot to be said about finding someone who can who can be the strength to your weakness. So whenever we started the podcast, 
you didn't want to do tech, but that was one of those things where I do like tech. Tech is a strength of mine. And though I had never done it before, I was willing to try editing it and ended up doing it, enjoyed it well enough, was excited to hand it off whenever it came time to do so. But I did it and I was able to gain some knowledge that made me better at the thing that we were doing together for sure. So finding partners who can be the strengths to your weakness and then also just giving things a go if you're going to try to make an I don't know into a strength is a good way to, you know, put your best into any new partnership. So I spoke about this a little bit a couple of podcast episodes ago whenever we were going through the different types of CEOs of feeling guilty whenever you're not good at what your partner is good at. So for a long time, I was almost really embarrassed that my strengths weren't the same as your strengths. So if you were really good at organization and I'm not, I almost felt like that made me a bad boss because I admire the kind of boss that you are. So I think that really whenever it comes to partnerships and collaborations is don't feel too, don't spend any amount of time or energy feeling bad that you're not good at what the other person is good at. Instead, acknowledge them. So say like, hey, you are so bomb ass at getting our systems organized and processes in order and delegating that stuff. High five. And then also, you know, then double down on what you're really good at. And I feel like for the most part, we really work and we work with our team and we work with you know, all the different other people that we collaborate with because we're always constantly just doing what we do best in a way that makes everyone else's lives a little bit easier. Yes, absolutely. I mean, it's funny. We've been working with a lot of people sort of outside of our core team, you know, for book launch and those sorts of things. And what we get most often is that our team is so easy to work with. Like we pay our invoices on time. Like we know when and where things are going to get done. We deliver as needed. And all of that comes from everyone knowing what their strength is and then doing their job. Because I think... Oftentimes in partnerships or even like you hire a contractor or whatever it is, you feel like you should be doing the same thing they're doing because they're there doing it and you want to match them. You want to like show up just as much as they are. But doing the same things is a waste of time. <laughs> it's the whole idea of having two people working on a project is that you can do twice as much. And so if, you know, if I had sat down or I would never do graphic design for you, Kathleen, even though like I know I do occasionally. But if I had sat down those first couple of months of being boss and like tried to do quote graphics for our episode, like you probably would have quit. <laughs> I can only imagine what it would be like to step on those. That's toes. not true. You are a great designer. <laughs> Thank you. But still, and regardless, I simply yeah. know what your strengths are. So maybe even because I can design and thank you, good designer, um, it even speaks more to the fact that like I'm not going to touch design. I know that that is yours, even though I can. And I don't feel bad that I'm not doing it. You know, that said, I think that we get a lot done because we can divide and conquer. And I feel that way with our team. But lately, and this comes into that collaboration piece, which we'll be getting into. But I do feel like sometimes whenever we work on something together, we are able to finish it in half the amount of time and with like kind of 
doubling both of our laser focus beams on one project makes it better. So I have experienced this thing where dividing and conquering gets us more done in more time or in less time. But I've also experienced the flip side where whenever we can really collaborate and do something together at the same time, that it also gets done better even though it's taking up maybe a little more time in the long run, I think it's less time because we're not having to redo it. Yes. It's almost like one of those, like, the sum of the whatever it is is greater than they are separately. <laughs> <laughs> There's some sort of saying there. that Insert wise saying about efficiency here. <laughs> right? Wait, no, no, wait, wait, wait. The... Some of the whole is greater than its parts. Yes. Something I think like that's that. It. Something like that. I feel like that's what happens sometimes when you and I get together and collaborate together. And this has been one of those things that it's taken us a couple of years to really get into that flow. And very honestly, it was writing the book together that really like sparked our ability to do this. So Kathleen and I showing up several times a week for three months to write the Being Boss book got us into a place where we can make magic together whenever we're collaborating in the same space, meaning Google Doc, at the same time, looking at each other, talking things out, writing things together, editing in real time, those sorts of things. And we've done this with writing. We also occasionally do this with design. We recently, you know, did some website stuff together, some website design stuff together. We'll get on, share screens, and just sort of work through things together. And it's so much fun to collaborate in that way, to see what comes out of it in that way. Because again, that like finished product is better than it would be if we had separated it and said, Kathleen, you do content, I'll do design, we'll put it together. Sometimes it ends up looking like a bit of a Frankenstein project. However, when we're both able to dive in there together, it all comes together in a beautiful way. Yeah, because not only is it clarifying, like you're like, oh, well, I was imagining this for design and I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, let me knock that out. And then what if this, you know, moved around the website like this? I mean, I think that what happens whenever we brainstorm together, whenever we're collaborating in real time together, is that separately I would have my ideas, separately you would have your ideas. And at worst, there's a disconnect. Like there's a disconnect between my ideas and your ideas and we're working so fast that we're not on the same page. And that has definitely happened before. And this has happened with our team as well. Whereas together, we're able to one, get on the same page. And then two, like I've got my ideas, you've got your ideas. We start riffing on them. And then this like magical third idea comes up, like this energy between the two of us that we would have never come to on our own is able to be born out of us just simply getting on Zoom and chatting it out together. Right. So it's as simple as that. Like I'm talking about it being magical and it kind of is, but at the same time, it's just very practically talking it through, like processing it. Yes. And I want to talk a little bit about that act of talking it through, because again, it took us a while to get there. And I want to talk about what that sort of feels and looks like in that one, no idea is stupid unless there's a stupid idea and then you laugh about it together, which totally happens. But like you simply speak the ideas. I think neither of us come to the table feeling timid or embarrassed 
or like an idea isn't good enough to be shared. We share all the ideas, good and bad and ridiculous and everywhere in between. So I think there is this like openness and therefore trust that has to be there in order to really share ideas in that way. I also think we're both really good at questioning ideas. So let's say, you know, I come to the table with an idea. You don't quite see where I'm coming from. And instead of shooting it down, you'll ask for further clarification. And then we go down that road and see if it works or if it doesn't. And there's no fear in asking those questions either on either side. So you're not fearing asking them. And I don't fear the fact that you're asking questions, which I feel is something a lot of people, a lot of people worry about. Yeah, you know, sometimes I get really defensive whenever I'm questioned. And this like even comes Me down too. to in real life, <laughs> yeah. right? But I think that we've had some tough conversations lately around some big projects. So like, for example, we had the idea of doing a Being Boss conference that's separate from the vacation. And we love the idea of it. And listeners, it is maybe or maybe not in the works. We're trying to figure it out. But it's the kind of thing where I'm just using this as a really practical example. Emily was like, hey, I think we should have a conference. And I was like, I don't know. Like, here are my concerns. And then we kind of sat on it for a couple of weeks. And I was like, well, what about this alternate idea? Like, what if we had really small, high-end retreats that were kind of seasonal and like one is in the mountains and one is on the beach? Like, wouldn't that be fun? And even like, it's so funny, even like voicing out these ideas right now, I feel almost secretive, like, oh, I should be keeping all of this a secret. But for me, I also think about my relationship with the people who listen to the podcast or like for the people who used to read my blog as also helping create that energy to make something happen. So I have learned, if anything, that that's a collaboration all on its own. And it comes with being open and vulnerable and saying, this is what I'm thinking about. And if someone steals my idea, I I can still do it too. Like, it's fine. Anyway, so all this to say, like, I came back to you and I was like, what about this idea? And you're like, well, I don't like that because this, this, and this. And so, like, we were kind of almost like, what is a sports analogy? Like, maybe ping-ponging different ideas <laughs> back and forth. Yes. And we were kind of in, like, a little bit of a chess terminology checkmate a little bit with, like, how we wanted to go with this thing. Right. <laughs> But then we both like came back around and this has even happened with our ideas for book number two. Like what's the second book that we want to write? And we've gone back and forth on that. And I think that something I've learned recently is like we are really good at riffing in the moment and coming to quick decisions. I think what we're learning right now is how to let different ideas simmer and how to sit with different ideas and then come back around to them. So that's been like a really interesting collaborative style that I think we've both been learning in real time. For sure. And I I love that because I think that really speaks to what like long-term collaborations are. I mean, you're two people and you're going to have two ideas. And the idea of a collaboration is to take those two and let them find a middle ground that makes you happy. That doesn't mean that it's directly in the middle. It doesn't mean that one's going to win over the other. Like, I think it's different for absolutely everything, but it is a process. And I think that's one of the things that you and I have have been perfecting, perhaps, over the past couple of years, this idea of, of having ideas and then letting them find their own middle ground. But that comes from having consistent conversations and asking questions and and posing alternatives and all of those things. It's all like, it's just a dance of ideas. So I want to come back, though, to you driving the ship and me partying in the back. 
Yes, please do. I'm going to get back around to this because actually there are times where I'm driving the ship. And I found this in my partnership with my sister over at Braid Creative as well. And I think that that's the coolest thing about having a partner is that you can kind of take turns wearing the pants and you can kind of take turns making the decisions. And I feel like we're really good at kind of intuitively taking the lead on different things and making the decisions around different things and then pulling in the other person whenever we need help making a decision. Um, I think that that makes us really successful together. It's just our ability to make decisions, even if it's not the right decision, to be able to take a decision, see it all the way through, break it down, pull in help whenever we need it. And then with that, if we are having a hard time making a decision, because it's so rare, being able to say like, hey, Emily, I'm having a really hard time like figuring this out. Can we like hop on Zoom and talk it through? So I think that that's like a really cool thing whenever it comes to partnership is taking turns making decisions. But I'm curious about like, I haven't necessarily experienced this. And I wonder if it's because I'm only business partners with oldest siblings and I'm the youngest sibling. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, I feel like there's some this of that This is one of my and Kathleen's play. favorite topics of conversation too. <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) there's that at play. But I think that um, what if there's like a power struggle and I've only felt it with you maybe like a couple of times and not even really not in a bad way. But like, what do you do whenever there's a power struggle and you're butting heads and like maybe you're not accepting of someone's strength or you're not accepting Mm -hmm. of their weakness or you really don't like their idea and they really like their idea? Like how how does like the compromise happen? Right. I think space is always something you need to give situations like that for sure. I think, you know, rash decisions or saying things that you don't mean to say. And not that I'm even like talking about a situation with Kathleen and I because we're both both adults, regardless of Kathleen partying in the back. (laughs) Both adults. Um, And I think it's because of our ability to just sort of let things sit. Like we're not these sort of like immediate action takers where like we can't take a moment when needed. But I think I think that's important piece of the puzzle is to just take all things into consideration and just let it simmer for a minute for sure. And I think also like thinking about what do I need in order to make this idea make sense to me? So for example, Emily, if you're like, I want to have a conference and my gut reaction is like, I don't know about that. Then I'm like, okay, what do I need to do to get on board with this? Like, what is it that I need? And this is where having strengths and weaknesses and knowing your partner's strengths and weaknesses come into play. Because one of the things that I super learned in this situation is that Kathleen has a really hard time seeing big things further than all the small tasks that have to be made to get there. So for Kathleen, it was about seeing the bigger vision of like really seeing what something could look like without being bogged down by all the things that have to be done to get there. So totally, you mood boarded it out. Yeah, I mood boarded it out and I started to theme the conference and I started to think about programming and I really had to just get to the end result and not think about breaking it down because also I'm really good at breaking down a big project, but then that can be exhausting, yeah, right? That can to be think about all the things for sure. And so if you aren't fueled by the big vision of what it is that you're wanting to create and what it is that you're wanting to create together, then yeah, all the little tasks are going to be really daunting and overwhelming and you're not going to know why you're doing what you're doing. But once I had that vision of the why, which was this beautiful, cool conference 
that has the coolest theme. Like even now I'm like, okay, we've got to do that because it's going to be so amazing and thinking about who's going to be speaking at it and what it's going to feel like. Like that's the stuff. And this is probably why I'm a branding professional because I like to package things up and make them look and feel and just be really great. Yeah, and that also brings into if anyone wants to come to a Big Boss conference, shoot us an email, hello at bigboss.club. We'd love to know if you'd like to be there. We're just sort of gauging interest at the moment. Might as well. I want to come back to strengths and weaknesses because if you haven't listened to our episode a couple episodes back, we have a CEO quiz that will help you embrace your own strengths and weaknesses and have the confidence to talk about your style and what you're good at and what you're not good at and really see where you might need some help and where you can get aligned and how you might be behaving if you are out of alignment with your own style. So you can check that out at beingboss.club slash quiz. This Being Boss episode is brought to you by 2020, where creative minds get authentic, real-world stock photos. If you're looking to positively inspire your audience on social media or on your blog, you'll want to use engaging, fresh photos that are unique. 2020 has crowdsourced millions of exclusive photos from a community of over 350,000 photographers, all available under a simple, royalty-free license. Today, they're offering listeners of Being Boss a five-photo-free trial. To start yours right now, go to 2020.com slash beingboss. That's the word 20, then 20.com slash beingboss to get five free photos. So let's talk um, a little bit more about this this process of partnering and collaborating and all the communications that go into it, because there is so much that goes into it. And I think, you know, we were just talking about how we were able to sort of solve the problem of the conference, like at least put it on the back burner for a minute, because guys, we're literally not at this moment of recording doing a conference, though obviously it's something that we want to do. But we were able to come to a mutual agreement about it by understanding and acting on the strengths and weaknesses of each other. So like if I know that your weakness is is in, you know, seeing that big vision, then I'm going to make I'm going to make you mood board out everything for the rest of forever. <laughs> like every idea I ever have, I'm going to task you with mood boarding. Then you'll get on board. <laughs> or, you know, come to me with a mood board. So I remember at my old agency, the guys wanted to be able to wear shorts in the summer. And it wasn't like quite, there wasn't a super strict dress code, but it wasn't so chill and relaxed that you could just wear whatever you wanted. And in order to make a good case for wearing shorts, my sister had some of the designers mood board out like what it would look like for them to wear shorts in the summer to then present to the CEO. <laughs> so like if you that. want to make a case for something, make it visual, get specific, and make it real. And that's no for did. everything. No for did. everything. Kathleen just gave me ammunition <laughs> for <laughs> getting shit done. I like, like even it. better than making me mood board out your idea, mood, mood board, board out, out your own you. idea. <laughs> gotcha. So that can like sometimes box you in. Like sometimes it is good to bring a partner in. Like I think about this with probably more like spouse 
kinds of relationships or romantic relationships for whenever someone is a creative entrepreneur and the other one is all about having a day job and benefits. One of the best ways that you can get someone on your page and supporting your vision is to bring them in along for the ride. So for example, the way that this would work in my relationship, it might be, hey, I want to work for myself. I want to try this idea. Could you help me build out to my husband, could you help me build out a spreadsheet so I can organize my numbers? And he'd be like, okay, yeah. And then one, he has a task. So he's feeling a part of the vision. And then two, I'm creating a spreadsheet, which is his love language, (laughs) which will then like get him on board, right? With like what I want to do. Yeah, I love that. And again, it's just about knowing your partners, which all comes down to talking. So let's talk a little bit about like actually working together and what that can look like. Because you and I have found that we work best when we are like brainstorming together when we are in the same space doing this, doing the thing. But not everyone is going to be like that. That came from you and I trying it both ways, not doing things together and doing things together and being completely fine when things don't go well. I mean, we still definitely have our divide and conquer moments. And I have this in all of my working relationships Mm -hmm. where I love getting on Zoom. And I love even just being able to shoot you a quick line and saying like, hey, I've hit a wall. Can you hop on Zoom real quick? Like that's kind of a newer thing because we used to schedule everything out. We would have our set meetings and we weren't really meeting outside of those. But we also have Slack. So for our team, we have Slack. So we're hopping on Slack and everyone can see kind of what everyone else is working on. We have project management software. So we're using Asana over at Braid Creative. We're using a Google Doc, which like I'm trying to bring them over to the Asana. Right. That's just project out, management. But it's fine. <laughs> but like I think that we've developed enough structure around our systems like Google Calendar, setting meetings, having scheduled regular meetings. So we have a standing meeting every Monday where we're going to get together and talk about things that need to be talked about. We're keeping track of the things that need to be talked about in a management meeting task on Asana. So like I'm really just breaking this down. Um, and then we'll hop on Zoom and we'll talk about it. But then throughout the week, I might be working on a task or have an idea and say, hey, Emily, can you hop on? And so I love having that kind of spontaneity. And that's my free-spirited creative style um, coming in that wants to like be able to have a conversation on the fly. And I think that we work best that way. But we also, you know, I think about my sister, she has her writing shed in her backyard. And we even have like an office for Braid Creative, but we will still retreat to our separate spaces to work on something whenever we really just need to focus and hammer out a design or hammer out some copy or, you know, write a book. Right. And I think we're both really good about um, sort of honoring the other person's need to do thing. I'm the same as you. I don't mind hopping on Zoom and having a giggle and talking about an important thing whenever. Um, but I do know that there are people who like that, um, who don't like that immediate connection quite as much. And just knowing like how it is that, how it is that the other one likes to work. And I think that comes from trying things out a ton. Like Kathleen and I have tried out so many things to figure out what works for us and what doesn't. Also talking about them once we do try them, what's working, what's kind of working, what's not working um, in terms of the things that we're doing and the results that it gets. Um, But also asking questions and answering them and just listening to all things and really soaking it in. Because one of the things I've definitely found um, that I found about partner or found about partnering, yes, is that it's it is all about that communication piece. 
Like, period. And it's not even like talking. It's listening just as much as it is talking. And it's also about going deeper than just work, but really being interested in what's going on in each other's lives. Kathleen and I will always start any meeting or conversation with like, how was your weekend? How's Fox doing? You know, here's what Lily is up to. Here's this crazy thing that David did or whatever it may be. Like, we are friends And then we go into business and that like really open communication that goes, you know, that even crosses the barrier. And not that like all partnerships or all select successful collaborations need to cross that barrier. I think the ones that you really want to like take deep and super seriously kind of have to. Yeah, that's a really good point. I I have a couple of thoughts here is one, like us being able to just hop on and communicate whenever on Zoom specifically, I think comes with the fact that we also both have really strong boundaries and we wouldn't be afraid to say like, hey, I can't right now. Yes. And no one would get butthurt about that. Not even a little bit. I mean, and that's something <laughs> that that we have done many times. I mean, there's been tons of time. Like, hey, let's totally. talk about this thing. You're like, hey, I have a meeting right now. And I'm like, OK, yeah. fine. Just hit me up later. <laughs> like. We have, that's probably one of the keys to all of this is like Kathleen and I are not precious about much, (laughs) like about much at all. We're like, you know, if you don't like that word that I'm using, fine, let's change it after I challenge you just a little bit. And even that won't offend you. Like there's so, so little places where we're actually going to take offense or, you know, really stand our ground and like not take the other person's um, thoughts or opinions or not be scared to say no, not right now, because sometimes no, not right now. I feel like this is also where the fact that like, for example, in our CEO day kit, which is our one day kit that helps people do a year's worth of planning for their business in a single day, we start with values and intentions. And It's not because we want you to like feel all fluffy about your business. It's because that is going to drive the decisions around your boundaries, around your communication and around your partnership. And so for me, I know that my intentions are just to be as authentic as possible, to be who we are 100% of the time. So if I don't like a word... It's because it's not entirely authentic. And then I'm going to come to you in a really authentic way and say like, hey, here's why I'm having a problem with this word. Is there a better way that we can say it? And we have shared goals. Like our goal is the same. We are on the same team. So whenever we're challenging each other, it's almost more like a scrimmage, right? Like we are still on the same team making each other better. We are not fighting against each other. And I see this happening a lot in, especially like in marriages where like all of a sudden the other person becomes the enemy. And I think that it's so easy for that to happen whenever you're stressed out about money or whenever a launch fails, like you want to find a place to blame something or someone and that's going to be your business partner or it's going to be someone on your team. And you've got to check your values and check your intentions and make sure that you're not, I don't know, like placing blame or displacing some anger or whatever it is that you're dealing with. And if you can come at all of your conversations from like good intentions, then it's going to be easier to have harder conversations. Absolutely. I think, and I think you just said something that's absolutely key too. Like no matter what, if you're in this for the same reasons, you both should always want the same thing. Like the path is always going down the same road. I mean, one of you may need to walk it backwards or whatever, but you should be going the same place. And I think that's something that's something you and I have said many times. And even like in not even like 
me against you, but even us like with other contractors or people that we've hired on is like, we all have to remember that we all want the same thing. And once you like get back into that place, this place of absolute truth, then all the like petty nonsense sort of falls away and you can get back to work, which I think is why we're all here. Amen. Right? So let's talk about these hard conversations, though, because, geez louise, this is the fun part of doing what we do. Um, It's so funny. Even, when was it? I guess yesterday, recently, we were having having a hard conversation um, about some business decisions, and it came up that I may have some, like, stubborn money blocks. Or was it money blocks? (laughs) It was something. What was it? Some stubborn stuff against the man. Oh, yep. Stubborn stuff against the man, for sure. And Kathleen has no problem calling me out by any means. Well, I that's also not have entirely no problem true. taking it. That's also not entirely true. <laughs> it was, so I called you out. I was like, hey, I also feel like maybe you're being a little bit stubborn here. But I had kind of like been sitting on this thought for a couple of weeks. <laughs> and it wasn't the first time that we had had this hard conversation yes. about the man. Right. And so so I was coming at it like because we've had harder conversations about this same topic before that didn't feel good or productive at all. And so then coming around to the conversation again, it's one of those things like where if you're having the same fight over and over again, like you have to figure out a different way to approach it in order to have a different result and so that it doesn't come up again. And so it was really just like saying like, hey, here's this thing I'm noticing. Brene Brown has a really great tool in, I think it's Rising Strong or it might be Daring Greatly. Anyway, I think it's Rising Strong where one of the things that you can say as you start a conversation is, The story I'm telling myself is, I think it would have been like a little ridiculous to be like, the story I'm telling myself about you is that you're being stubborn. (laughs) (laughs) Though you could have, though you could have. Um, And after that conversation, though, it really sort of hit home for me that like partnerships like this aren't something that you do and it's flippant and easy and fun and you're done. Like at this point, Kathleen and I are making each other better people like consistently. And that doesn't that's not all fun at all. Like we've certainly had lots of hard conversations. It's also made me more respectful of relationships that I'm in where I can have hard conversations and less happy and excited and like okay with com- with relationships in which I can't have hard conversations because relationships in which you can't have car- hard conversations for me at this point in my life aren't really worth my time. I think I used to be terrified of hard conversations and I would not have partnered some with someone had I known the kinds of hard conversations that I would be having with you or even with my sister which we talked about a little bit in the episode that she was on like Growth is messy, and that comes with hard conversations. And had I known, like, it probably would have scared me whenever I first started working for myself. But I feel like the kind of boss now that not only can I have a hard conversation, I welcome a hard conversation because, again, it is what makes your business grow. And it it's what makes it, it proves that you're like really considering all the different angles. Right. And right, because they will happen if you are in a partnership or, and by, again, partnership, any kind of relationship at all, 
that you want to last any amount of time and take you to any kind of place, hard conversations are going to be a part of it. And just to be super clear, hard conversations are not fights. (laughs) I don't think that fights are conversations. Like they're not going to get you to any great place. Um, They're a place where you have to get vulnerable or you have to dig and like ask and answer questions of yourself just as much as of other people. And you have to do those with someone else. Okay, this is going to be a hard conversation. I'll freeze it up for me first. Sure. (laughs) But like I've never gotten in a fight with Jeremy. And like this is going to blow people's Mm -hmm. minds, but we have had plenty of hard conversations. But like I've almost been jealous before. Like whenever I watch – TV shows or I hear about people getting in these like blown up fights where it's super heated and they're cussing at each other like there have never been curse words exchanged like calling each other names never and I feel like if that happened I would be out the door because that is a fight and it's usually disrespectful I would say fights are yeah and they can get dirty hard conversations I think are rooted in mutual respect And wanting to solve the problem. But also I think that hard conversations can be rooted in just speaking up about your boundaries or expressing what it is that you need. And so especially in relationships, you sometimes expect the other person to read your mind or to know what you want or to, you know, know that you don't want to be asked what to have for dinner or whatever, right? When in fact, you just need to say, I cannot make a decision about dinner. And whenever you ask me what's for dinner, it triggers me. (laughs) Like, that's a hard conversation rather than like blowing up and crying and calling each other names. For sure. And I also even want to point out here the idea of like avoiding hard conversations, because I think like the opposite of fighting is not talking. And that's also just a fucking scary place to be. Like, granted, that's not something Kathleen and I have ever worried about. I don't think. I think we are pretty open about talking about absolutely everything, unless you have something you need to tell me, Kathleen. (laughs) Oh, man. No, but the not talking at all, like, I think that's definitely Jeremy's style, is he just goes (laughs) radio silence. And I'm like, listen, the more you don't talk to me about, like, what's up, the more I start making stuff up in my head about what's wrong. Right? It just starts festering. Like, that's definitely not going to get you to a good place either. So I think, you know, it's not about fighting and it's not about not fighting or not, you know, speaking or pretending it's going to resolve itself because it never will. It's having the hard conversations. And you're completely right. I believe it's totally mutual respect. Absolutely. Where you're willing to show up, you know, with a calm demeanor to ask hard questions, to answer hard questions, and to, you know, explore all the possibilities. And the thing I've also learned about hard conversations is that not all of them end in resolve. Like, I feel like a lot of hard conversations are the kinds of things that you're going to be talking about for a while. So get used to them. (laughs) Absolutely get used to them. Yeah, we recently ended a hard conversation saying, okay, here's where we stand on this right now. And... We're going to be open to having this conversation again in the future. So I think that we crave resolution so much that we just want the problem to be solved and to be done with it. That's definitely our style. Like for sure, that's what we want. But I feel like we did a really good job recently on a hard conversation just saying like, okay, here's what we've agreed on together. Here's where we might be in disagreements a little bit. And here's where we're going to be open to talking about mm-hmm. this later. Yeah, sometimes a hard conversation will only move the needle a little bit. 
Okay, I want to talk to a little bit about um, like saying yes and saying no to your partner's ideas. So I feel like a lot of the hard conversations that we've had, like whenever there is pushback, we are so supportive of each other, like all of the time. But, you know, like right off the bat saying yes to an idea, like, hey, I want to move email from this to this. Cool. <laughs> cool no problem yep. like we trust each other so much and like what we're good at and what we're strong at and what we have opinions on that and for the most part like it's all good that whenever we do have a disagreement, I feel like we take it really seriously because we're not all constantly challenging each other on what it is that we want so like I've even had exes before where it's like every idea I had was a bad idea and then we broke up yeah so right yeah I mean and not that not that every idea that someone has is a bad idea. It has to be a conversation. Like, and I think that's what you're saying is like, we're good with yeses. Like, we love an easy yes, one to the other. But no's are usually a conversation because of mutual respect. Like, no, it's no because. No, and here are the reasons why. Do you agree? And if not, like, further support your reasoning so that we can move to a yes if possible. I think, I think there's so much... So much more like maturity and respect. Look at us being mature, Kathleen. I know. Or like even instead of saying no, ask a question. Like even as simple as, could you help me understand why this is a good idea? <laughs> yeah, like show me what you're looking at here. Right. Because <laughs> I'm not seeing it just yet. Right. And that- I mean, I even had that on like a task. I say that because I had that on a task recently where I was like, I have no idea what this is saying. And I don't know if it's me or if it's the person assigning this to me. But like, I don't know what this is. I need it to be more visual and more specific. So I just replied back like, could you help me understand what you're needing here? <laughs> That's also right. like a good question to ask whenever someone's sending you a request that doesn't end in a question. So we both like really clear call to actions. Yes. And whenever we get vague emails that don't have a clear call to action, but we know it warrants response, we'll say, can can you help me understand what you're asking here? <laughs> right. What do you need What do you from need me? from me? Because sometimes I don't know. I can't like, read Even my, um, my lawyer's team sent me an email recently about just a trademark thing and I was like, okay, so just to confirm, I think what you're saying here is that the ball is in your court. Do I need to take action on anything? (laughs) Right. Correct. The ball is in our court. You don't need to take action. So even just stuff like that is like a good example of like clarifying. and Right. And this is even where I'm going to take it to a place where I've been getting a lot of pushback from other people lately. And pushback maybe isn't the right word maybe I'm being negative about it but like just observance from other people is you and I have gotten so good at collaborate at communicating with each other and that has obviously bled into so many other relationships that I have whether that's you know with the team and our ability to just like get shit done or with David and the the closest relationships that I have is that a lot of people have been telling me lately that I have really high standards. <laughs> but here's the fact, guys. I do. I've been in this game long enough to understand what is possible from people when you give it a moment and you try. And it's definitely it's definitely raised my standards. And whether that's getting an email that doesn't have a call to action, like what do you want me to do? Or if it's, you know, how I show up for friends or how it is that – um, you know, I'm going to plan something, whatever it may be. Having a very successful 
partnership that has taught me to communicate so clearly and openly and, you know, with all considerations has given me some pretty high standards, which I think just makes me a better person. Yeah, and and more of a pain in the ass to everyone I know. <laughs> <laughs> some high standards. I mean, I would think that most of our listeners have incredibly high standards and impeccable communication, but we're all learning as we go, right? Right. If we, if we must toot our own horn here, right? <laughs> so another thing that, you know, we mentioned that I want to bring up again is this, like, understanding your values. I know I know what it is that you value. I know what it is that I value. You and I are setting intentions together consistently. And that, I think, is really at the core of how it is that you and I are able to show up for each other and our team and our community in the capacity with the high standards that we have because we know who we are and what we hold important to us. So if anyone listening to this is sort of curious as to what your values are, we do work on that with you guys. Um, The Being Boss book is a place where we talk extensively about values. You can also go to beingboss.club slash values to find some cool graphics to express your values if you'd like. And then we also share really in depth about our intention setting and value practices in the CEO Day Kit. So... Yeah. And also in the CEO Day Kit, I think that another thing I should mention this because there's so much planning that goes into business. And so we're able to use that kit to really figure out what our business model is. So like what are kind of even thinking about like if you could just do one thing all day, if you could just sell one thing, what would that be? It helps us clarify how we're sharing content. It helps us figure out our revenue and our marketing without really feeling like we're coming out of the blue with like irrational boundaries or new ideas that we've never seen before. We can say like, okay, but how does that fit into the business model that we planned out together at the beginning of the year and that we're touching base on every single quarter? So we are basically going through through our own CEO day kit, which is a bunch of different worksheets and we've packaged it up for you all, but we are using this tool for ourselves in order to stay on the same page so that our collaboration and our communication is working toward the bigger vision, the bigger goal, and we know how to break it down step by step so we know why we're doing what we're doing and how it's going to get us where we're going. So you can find that at courses.beingboss.club if you just want to check it out. But in the meantime, we have a ton of resources for you. So go check them out on our website. Emily just mentioned a bunch of them. We've got them all listed in our show notes. True that. And so let's talk about some other tools and tactics that people can use to make better connections, maybe improve their communication. And if they are working with a collaborator or just like want to make their love life a little (laughs) more fantastic, if that's why you guys are here. Okay, connecting in person and offline has been a huge motivation and driver for us with our own Being Boss community. So every year we have our vacation in New Orleans and we have seen that magic happens when you get face-to-face with other creatives. So it's kind of crazy because I remember it was probably within the last few months we were chatting with our friend Jason Zuick and he was astonished because we had not made the time to hang out with each other, just me and you, Emily, um, in person at that time to like really chart out something that wasn't like, I feel like we travel all the time for business. We're like, we're going to go speak at a thing or we have a vacation or whatever, but we, I don't even still think to this 
day have not ever, I can think of one time we ever got together outside of business purposes to hang out once. Once. Is that whenever you were traveling for Indigo's West? No, I was actually thinking when we went to Salem together. Oh, okay. So So a couple of times. Maybe twice. But, you know, it is easy because we are traveling a lot together. And even that, though, like if we do have stuff on the books, like that feels really good because we have so much fun, like even beyond the kinds of ideas that we're able to think of whenever we're together in person. Like we just have a good time. We laugh and we remember why we like each other and why we're business partners whenever we are in person together. And so I think that if you have a business partner that you're working remote with or a team that you're working remote with, really make an effort to get together in person offline is huge for sure I think another one you know if you can't super easily get offline or during all the times in which you're between offline hangouts um we love getting on zoom and there's something to be or skype or whatever sort of gives that face-to-face I think Kathleen and I both enjoy the face-to-face significantly more than if it was just our voices like I'm <laughs> looking at Kathleen's hair she's like <laughs> making fun of my faces whatever it may be um we have a good time like sitting face to face I feel like we're in the same room it's just I can't see anything under your shoulders I could not be wearing pants right now (laughs) you could not be wearing pants right now and I wouldn't even know I could not be wearing pants right now But, you know, I have another business bestie friend who we like to chat on the phone. Like she gets really distracted by Zoom and video conferencing. And there's something about being on the phone that really allows I'm fine with face to face, but on the phone, like you can almost just focus on what the other person is saying. And earlier you were talking about how. It's not just communicating with your partner. It's listening to them. And I feel like it helps her listen better whenever Mm -hmm. it's just over the phone. So whatever style works for you, but we love some video conferencing over here. For sure. And then last but not least, we love Slack when it comes to communicating with our team. We'll even say, you know, David's on our Slack. So even David and I are occasionally communicating via Slack, for sure. Um, Some sort of tool that allows you to stay easily in touch with people. I like Slack. Could we put Jeremy on my Slack, on our Slack? (laughs) Could you imagine? Yes. He would never speak. He would just sit and listen. (laughs) Or maybe that's where you'd really hear him talk Actually, right? I would love for him just occasionally interject with a good Jeff. You know, like just yeah. a funny image or a little video or just something weird. I feel like that's what would happen. And I think that would add. I think it would. <laughs> I think it would add to for sure. He's welcome. He's welcome here. Um, right. We enjoy Slack a lot. It allows us to, you know, stay focused on work with all the different channels. It also allows us to have just ridiculous conversation in like the random channels or in our like private messages or whatever. Um, that really helps us stay connected to our super remote team that's in all corners of the country, basically. Yeah. So there we go. And that's even like those are more for those conversations. But I do think that all of the systems and processes that we use to stay organized in our business really opens up and allows us to have the more creative or collaborative conversations over things like Slack or Zoom or in person. For sure. All right, Kathleen, I enjoy hanging out with you and making things. Same. Hey, bosses, I want to tell you about the CEO Day Kit. 
The CEO Day Kit is 12 months of focused planning for your business in just one day. So Emily and I have packaged up the exact tools that we've been consistently using for years that have helped us grow from baby bosses to the CEOs of our own businesses. Gain clarity, find focus, get momentum, prioritize your time, make better decisions, and become more self-reliant with the CEO Day Kit. Go to courses.beingboss.club to learn more and see if it's a fit for you and your business. Thank you for listening to Being Boss. If you're looking for more help in being boss of your work and life, come check out our website where you can find episode show notes, browse our archives, and access free resources like worksheets, trainings, quizzes, and more. It's all at www.beingboss.club. Do the work. Be boss. Be boss.